0: Kimber on the Roach with you on a mild Tuesday afternoon. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Just a reminder, coming up after four o'clock, uh, Sandful Premiership Coach Jade Rawlings... Looking forward to having a chat to Twig. And uh, Brisbane strategy coach, Mark Stone, of course. Another Sample Premiership coach. Yeah, for Glenelg, Port Adelaide, taking on Brisbane. Game one in the AFL. Mm. Let's move on to the big news now as we introduce the voice of soccer. Not just here in Australia, around the world. We cannot elevate this man enough. Uh, There was a big announcement by Football Australia. It's exciting regarding the Matildas. Simon Hill's going to tell us about it, courtesy of Channel 10. Hello, Simon.
1: Oh are you, guys? I'm not sure about around the world. We're working <laughs> really We're, sure we're working on that for <laughs> you.
0: We're working on that. Stop being humble. You're a legend. Uh, yeah, happy you. New Year, too. Yeah, you too,
1: guys. You too. All right. The
0: announcement. So the Matildas. Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah. Um, look, it's it's uh, a big coup to, to bring France over here. Uh, obviously, they're going to be preparing for the Women's World Cup, the same as the Matildas are anyway, so they'll probably be here anyway. But... Uh, Look, it's a, it's a great fixture. Um, France are one of the, the countries that could well challenge for the Women's World Cup, uh, so it'll be a good test for our girls. Uh, the interesting thing about this fixture, of course, is that France are going through something of a troubled time at the moment off the field. Uh, the legendary defender and captain, Wendy Renard, who's one of the best players in the, in the women's game, by the way, in her position, uh, said a couple of weeks ago she wasn't going to play for the national team anymore. And a couple of others followed suit, uh, saying they weren't happy with the coach, Corinne mm. Diacre. Uh, and the news out of France is that over the next 24 hours, we may see the coach resign and the head of the French Football Federation, Noah Legret, resign as well. Um, so if that is the way it turns out, then it would appear the, uh, the the footballers have got their wish and that they'll have a new coaching place. And maybe we'll get to see Wendy Renard and the other two girls who, who pulled out as well. So a very interesting mm. fixture uh, for lots of reasons.
2: So we played on Bastille Day. We are gracious hosts in Australia, aren't we? We picked the French National Day to host the French national team. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, well, you know, that's our, our courtesy, isn't it? And um, I'm sure that won't extend to being on the field as well, given that it'll be the final hit-out before the uh, the proper stuff starts. And, of course, they've got to play England in London yep. before that, in April. So there's a couple of big tests here. England are another team that, you know, could well win the Women's World Cup. They're, they're the reigning European champions, mm. won that in London last year. So two a couple of good tests for the Matildas and... Um, You know, we'll probably have a fair idea of of where they're at uh, after those two matches ahead of that big tournament.
2: You don't think we're already getting a fair hint that they've turned the corner, that the new format, the new lineup, the results of the past month would suggest that they're in a pretty good position for this World Cup?
1: Well, I hope so. Yeah, look, I hope so. And and I think there are certainly some good signs. Um, You know, winning the Cup of Nations Mm. was terrific. Uh, Albeit, and and I say this caveat not to be churlish, but it's a fact that Spain were without you know, yeah. a whole yeah. host of their top players. Mm. A lot of women's teams around the world at the moment are going through a lot of these off-field issues. And Spain were without a lot of their best players. Now, whether they'll be back for the World Cup or not, I don't know. Um, as it stands, I don't think they will be. But, uh, you know, Matildas are, uh, are challenges. There's no doubt about that. And You know, the fact that we're playing at home uh, can give them a big lift, as we saw mm. in the Cup of Nations. But... Uh, you know, I think there are still one or two question marks still to be resolved. The defensive issues, I know they beat Spain 3-2, but Spain came back late on. I'm not talking about the likes of Jamaica or, or Ireland, with the greatest respect to those two countries. I think Australia have got enough in the tank to beat both those countries. Yep. But yep. I'm talking about the you know the, the real top nations in the world, which, of course, are the sides they're going to have to beat if they're going to win that trophy. Mm.
0: Just talking of the World Cup then, the draw for Australia, Ireland, Nigeria and Canada. Happy with that?
1: Mm. Yes, yeah, I mean, you know, Ireland, obviously, the, the first game, which is going to be at a sold-out stadium Australia in Sydney. Um, again, on paper, Australia should beat Ireland. However, I, I call the Matildas against Ireland, albeit this was a friendly in Dublin about uh, 18 months ago, two years ago, right at the outside of Tony Gustafson's reign. And Ireland beat Australia. So, you know, they, they've got some good players, uh, particularly Kate McCabe, who plays in the FA Women's Super League for Arsenal, but there are others as well. Uh, and I do see that Danielle De La Harp, who's an A-League women's player here, has actually declared for Ireland as well. So she, she may well be in that squad. Um, but I think Australia should have enough for both Ireland and Jamaica. The, the, the real test, obviously, is Canada. And mm. uh, given what I've just said about uh, the, the off-field stuff, Canada is another country that is going through these off-field problems. Uh, their girls threatened, well, they've actually been on strike overpaying conditions they did come back to play uh friendly against the americans under protest under duress um a couple of weeks ago and you know whether they'll all be here in june july whether they'll all be in the right frame of mind that i don't know but they're the big test because they're the reigning olympic champions they won in tokyo in 2021 and they're a good side so uh yeah it's it's you know it's all a little bit of a, an unknown at the moment and um you know, that could play into Australia's hands or, or it might not, which we'll have to wait and see.
0: What we do know is that we'll be able to see the Matildas take on France on the 14th of July at Marvel Stadium. You'll see it and hear it on Channel 10, courtesy of Simon Hill. All right, let's address the elephant in the room. No, Adelaide United no, absolutely no, 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 robbed.
2: No. Hang on, hang on. Before we get off the World Cup, Simon Hill was very busy on Twitter this morning with bringing the elephant in the room. You say, Simon, we've got to get 10,000 fans to women's matches in the National League post-World Cup to have a legacy from this World Cup.
1: No, I didn't I didn't set that as a benchmark. I said it would be nice to mm. be aiming for some of the games to have big crowds like they have overseas. And by the way, <clears throat> 10,000 is, is very kind given that in the FA Women's Super League, you're getting crowds of 30,000, 40,000 for some yeah. of the really big yeah. games. In Spain, Barcelona got 90,000 uh, for a game against Real Madrid. Mm. And, and we're seeing the same sort of pattern emerge across a lot of countries in Europe. Now, what I'd really like to see, and to be fair to James Johnson, whose article I was referring to, and he was mm. uh, interviewed in the West Australian, talking about the legacy of this Women's World Cup. And, I, look, I've got no issue with what Jojo is saying about, you know, we want to increase participation. Yeah. Uh, we want to, um, you know, have more women in, in leadership roles. Uh, we want better community facilities. I, I agree with all of that stuff, uh, with the caveat that, I mean, goodness me, if we have any more participants, we're not going to have any any fields to play them on. You know, mm. we've got we've got participants coming out of our ears. Yeah. What, what we don't have is enough people sitting in the stands paying money to go and watch our professional leagues. And that is the big disconnect, and it is the elephant in the room because nobody seems to want to address it. Mm. Um, and until we get it fixed, we are going to remain static as a sport. Now, that's not James Johnson's issue uh, specifically because they, Football Australia, no longer run the A Leagues. Yep. But I'm sure they, you know, they work in conjunction with the APL who do run the leagues. And this really is an issue that's got to be addressed pretty much across the board there are some exceptions of which your wonderful club is one down there in South Australia they do pretty well mm-hmm. um, and there are others but uh, you know there's there's a lot of clubs at the moment both men's and women's that are dragging the chain in terms of bombs on seats and we can't just keep ignoring it it's it's a real problem so the sooner it is addressed and some plans put into place to connect that massive participation base that we bang on about endlessly and you know rightly so in that regard we're the biggest sport in the country um but we've got to start getting more people uh, to go and watch the professional leagues because if we don't then you know we, we're going to have big problems down the line we've got them already so uh, that was the reason for my tweet this okay. morning. All right, okay. it makes a Sometimes lot Sometimes you got to stir the, the hornet's nest. Oh going. well, we'll yes. do that now. You when know, we, we, we've we got this one going. Well, now. no,
0: look, it's getting very crowded in here. There's two elephants in the room. <laughs> All right, we're Adelaide United robbed of three points with that ridiculous VAR VAR decision.
1: Um, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. And look, I'll, ah, I'll and give, Simon. I'll one thing. Simon. Simon, here's you, the point. You know my thoughts on VAR. Yeah, you know but my thoughts you're
2: not helping us, Simon. I don't like it. How how can we how can <laughs> so we I'm judge this if you're not going to show us what the ref is seeing? Well,
1: that's a good point. Well, when when are you I I get, like when VAR. are you going to
2: say something to your bosses and say, guys, if we're going to do a service <laughs> to our viewers, let's show them what the referee is seeing so that we can actually see why this penalty has been called. Sort this out, Simon. Well, bit,
1: first, first of all, that's way above my pay grade. Oh, no. Um,
2: that's secondly, not why we're here.
1: <laughs> secondly, I'm not sure that we didn't show what the referees saw because Ooh. I don't know what camera angles you know, they were looking at. And this mm. is the big problem with VAR. We are not seeing what they see. We mm. are not hearing mm. what they're talking about. And until that disconnect is fixed, there's going to be all this angst over VAR. This is why I've never been in favour of it. Um, I think you you end up re-refereeing games of football. um, And you you still have contentious decisions that people don't agree with. Now, you're always going to have that in sport, always. But what you don't have to have is a system that exacerbates that angst by reviewing it five, six, seven, eight times, mm-hmm. and then coming up with a decision that half the people still don't agree with. It's got to be clear cut. Oh, and look, in my opinion, I've seen those penalties given before. Uh, I had no problem with it, but I do have a problem with the fact that it wasn't spotted in real time, yeah. and we have to you know, waste two or three minutes watching a referee looking at a little square screen. That's not entertainment for me. I don't know about you, but I go to watch footballers.
0: Okay. I don't go to watch referees. standing on the screen. You're not a fan of the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, I don't watch American football, mate. Oh, oh I'm, very, I'm <laughs> very
0: similar. Uh, gee, we've got a herd of elephants <laughs> in here today. <laughs> um, I, clean was, up, I was hoping for a little more passion then. I thought the uh, the lad had no play on the ball and took half a dive, but uh, I'm not as qualified as you gentlemen. Ooh, half a dive, you yeah. yes, say? Yeah. yeah, well, there's not a lot in it, Roach.
1: You don't think?
0: <laughs> well, I might well, you not-
1: know, look, at this. can I just explain something for you? Now, I, I know in uh, you know in other sports, particularly, for example, rugby league, rugby union, mm. because you carry the ball, your eyes, once you get the ball in your arms, your eyes are on your opponents. Now, in football, that's not the case. Your eyes are on the ball all yep. the time. Mm. So you, your, your peripheral vision is just that. It's peripheral. Yep. So when you go and step off and make a run towards the ball, like the silver did, if somebody sticks out a leg and you can't see that, you're going over. It's not diving. It's, it's literally, you're not seeing it. You know, it, I'll give you the classic example. If I walk up behind you in the street and you can't hear me and I flick your ankles, you're going to go over. It's not that the contact is necessarily hard. It's the fact that it's enough to knock you off balance and you don't anticipate it.
0: And what about that so he had no play on the ball? He you not know, come into it?
1: The what, sorry, say again? He had no play on the ball? Well, he didn't. But, you know, we've also seen uh, in games gone by when players are jostling position from corner kicks in particular, mm. uh, there are defenders wrestling with mm. attackers. And they're nowhere near the ball either. Yep. But mm. it doesn't matter that's right. if there's a foul that's been committed. So, look, I can see why Adelaide are angry. Um, I had a similar incident with the Mariners' Wellington on Friday night. Brian Kaltak and everybody was saying, oh, he, he won the ball. And He did. But his foot skipped off the top of the ball and went into the player's shin and hurt him. So, you know, they're, they're those 50-50 decisions, and I, I, I totally understand why people get riled up by them. But I think it's being exacerbated by the fact that we're having to wait three or four minutes for VAR to make mm. a decision. And then we still don't all agree on the decision. We'll, well, show what, it to us. Show you know, us the all the what? vision,
2: Simon, and then we'll all be happier.
1: But you still won't agree. But at,
2: least we'll <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least we'll have more information. At least we'll have more information to be arguing about.
0: Now, our, our we we love having Simon on yes. to get an independent and balance view, and I think we got that today. Uh, that decision may cost Adelaide a top two spot, but there's still a few games to go. Simon, really appreciate your time. We know how busy you are. That's a great announcement by Football Australia in regards to the Matilda. We look forward to your coverage yeah. when they take on France on Friday the 14th of July, and we're loving your work on the A-League as well. We look forward to chatting to you again.
1: Good on you guys. Have a great weekend. Yeah, Simon Excellent.
0: Hill. Elephants everywhere, Roach, oh, yes.
1: yeah.
2: But surely, if we're not seeing everything the referee is seeing when he makes his VAR. I, call.
0: I agree. Why can't it be
2: like cricket? Yep, cricket could not be better. Where you actually hear the third umpire and all these referencing, like hmm. show that back, let me see the tracking, let me see the Nico and all that sort of stuff. So you got you actually hearing and seeing everything during the process. VAR, I, I we just shut it you. down.
0: I agree with you. You make a very good point. There's All another right. elephant. Start a campaign. There's an elephant that we've got to get roaring through Football Australia. Oh, Clean that, that you one up. What? There's one that wants to charge you at the moment because we're late for the four o'clock oh, news. Uh, Twig sorry. is coming up next. Jade Rawlings.